you've arrived at Earth 919. Hello and welcome to another episode of Earth 919, a comic book podcast for number one reviews and comic book news. I'm your host, Matt. With me, as always, is my co-host, Ian. What's up, Matt? Glad to be here today. How you been? Uh, doing great. Not much has changed since the last we talked, but I'm ready for a special, another edition of The Trade Show. Attention on the show floor. The Trade Show will be starting now. I repeat, The Trade Show will be starting now. So, Ian, this week we are going to be covering We Three by Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly. But before we get into that, do we have some shout-outs? We do have some shout-outs. So, first shout-out goes out to the hashtag SHPoll18. You can follow them on Twitter, at SuperheroPoll, or use the hashtag SHPoll18 to find any comic book-related polls and our polls for each episode. You can also, or excuse me, second shout-out this week goes out to Comics of the Gathering. They are a comic book shop in Tacoma, Washington, home of Earth 919's comic book box. So whether you're looking for an entrance into comics or just a place for the titles that you love and you've been collecting for years, owners Matt and Jesse are going to be able to help you out. So make sure you check them out. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Comics the Gathering, and you can hit them up on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Comics the Gathering. Remember, come for the comics, stay for the games. I'm ready to move on, Matt. Great. And with no news this week, we're just going to be talking about the comic book We Three. So let's jump right into that right now. Uh, so this is a Vertigo comic that was written in 2004. It was written by Grant Morrison, art by Frank Quietly, color and ink by Jamie Grant, letters by Todd Klein. Uh, this is the story of We Three or Weapons Three program, a dog, a cat, and a rabbit who are biologic, bi, uh, cybernetically, I guess, um, engineered uh, as, to be killing machines for the military. Uh, there is other purposes, but the main thrust of it is that it is the next stage in warfare. Uh, once the animals are scheduled for termination, havoc ensues when they escape. Uh, that is the gist of it without spoilers. So, Ian, before we get into the gist of the book and go issue by issue, let's talk uh, high level, kind of what were your thoughts going in? I know that I pushed this book on you quite a bit um, over the past year or so. So what was your thoughts going in before you even read the book? Um, what, were you, what were your thoughts? So going into it, the premise seemed very out of the box, and mm -hmm. I wasn't sure exactly how much I was going to connect to the story based on what you had told me of basically animals becoming robots. So when I first picked up the book and saw even like the cover, I didn't think it was going to book going to be a book I was going to enjoy or mm -hmm. even remotely like, but hold on. My well, hesitation hold on. was, I just got to, I got, I got to put quickly. my glasses on, um, as I bask in, uh, in this moment here. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, this was a this was a good suggestion by you, and this is as I initially thought when I was looking at the book. It is a book that's out of the box. It is a different book, but even still, it's a book that proves that it can be successful doing something that's very different than other comic books. And I really enjoyed it. I didn't even think that I could enjoy a book that would just be a very limited series like this and really have it stick with me. But years later, it's still a book that I've enjoyed, and when I reread it 
most recently I still loved it. But what do you think, Matt? You're, I mean, you suggested it to me. Why does it stand out to you so much? Yeah, so this was I'm I'm not so much lately uh, or anymore. Um, I don't really get the chance to. Uh, used to go to the comic book shop every single week and drop a lot of money. <laughs> that uh, back when I did not have a wife and did not have kids and had what um, the mythical disposable income. Uh, and I used to read a lot of Wizard Wizard magazine. For all of those of you who don't remember, was like the penultimate. It was like the only, it was the one-stop shop for comic books um, back in the day. Um, and I remember this book being highlighted in it, I think, is where I heard about it from. Because keep in mind, kids, this is the pre-podcast days. This is internet's around, but you're not getting to it on your phone. Um, so I, I, it had to have been somewhere in there I heard about Grant Morrison. I think it might have been... Willie might have recommended Grant Morrison's stuff to me, and then I found it through looking back through his catalogs. But um, I remember opening this book and really, at the time, not really knowing Grant Morrison very well, not really knowing Frank Quietly very well. Actually, at the time, I didn't really like Frank Quietly's art. Um, and this is a, a different style of his um, than, he, than most of his stuff. It's slightly different. It's a little bit more manga-esque than it is... Uh, now what you see in his other work if you look at like Jupiter sent or Jupiter sending Jupiter's legacy uh but really immediately blown away with the story it's not something you'd ever think would be enjoyable and I I fell in love with it because it's it's a simple story it's a short story uh and it shows the breadth of what you can do in a comic book it doesn't have to be stuck uh to tights and flights and superheroes and stuff like that even though this is more fantastical. So, Ian, um, I guess that kind of does it for anything non-spoiler, unless you had anything else to add. No, I'm ready to move into some spoiler thoughts. Yeah, so let's talk. Uh, it's three issues, and let's talk the first issue. So the first issue, uh, we have the dogs. So what happens to uh, – actually, let me to back up here is We3, Weapon 3, is a program – uh, with cybernetically modified animals. So we've got three animals. We've got Bandit, the dog, or one, Tinker, the cat, or two, or and Pirate, the rabbit, or three. And they together they make up we three. Uh, Bandit is more of a tank. He is uh, the arsenal. I think he, they mentioned at one point he has air-to-ground missile or missile... To, he Anti-aircraft missile, I think, is what they say he has. So he's like a tank. Tinker is the cat, and he's more stealth, uh, has, like, poisonous darts and, like, knives and stuff like that. And Rabbit is, like, poisonous gases and more, like, biological weapons. Um, so they recently completed their, what they come to find out is their last mission, taking out some local drug lord. And now they are going to be decommissioned and replaced with the next stage, which is, I believe, bred animals that are animals that are going to be bred specifically for this. These are animals that were modified. The new animals going forward will be bred for the express purpose of being modified. Um, and well, their their trainer owner uh, releases them before that can happen. And uh, so, Ian, any uh, any kind of thing that stood out to you? Anything you want to mention here as we go along? I think what's really cool with the first issue is kind of how quickly we're able to connect with each character mm -hmm. and 
you're able to understand their personalities really fast within the first couple panels that you see them. Um, when Bandit and Tinker and Pirate are being introduced, it's kind of like, this is Bandit, and the only thing he can say is what exactly what you would imagine a dog would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of a testament to how good and authentic this book is. I really enjoy that a lot. And with a cat, you'd imagine that a cat would be a little more intelligent, would kind of have more of an attitude. That's kind of exactly the way that the cat communicates, and the rabbit's very much a follower. And I enjoy that. And I think that those three personality traits really fit really well with kind of the way that they attacked and the way that their weapons based were kind of based upon them. So a good reflection of their personality. Like usage of the, the first issue kind of explaining that and having it all be understood. So that way the second issue wasn't really bogged down by uh, any, anything like that or any confusion like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that the, one of the things as you're mentioning um, was the introducing and kind of getting you used to these characters was worked in really well with the plot point of, hey, they're being decommissioned, and you've got somebody who has never been there, doesn't know anything about it, is getting all of this explained to them. So it worked. All there's a lot of legwork that has to be done in terms of helping bringing you up to speed of what the heck's going on, what are these things, why why is this happening, why are we here, and they sum it up in just a few panels, uh, just really kind of naturally explaining this is what they are, this is what they do, and this is and this is what's going to happen. Um, none of it felt clunky, um, which was awesome. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about the art because you, um, issue oh, let's two, talk about the art. Issue, issue two is what we'll really get into, but I, I think this is probably one of the reasons and Morrison's writing is fantastic in this book. I think, um, I didn't even kind of pick up until you just said that is, um, the way that the animals are talking really, really fits each animal. And which is, it seems like it'd be a really easy thing, but it actually having to write an animal and make it kind of fit with their personality as like that animal type, that species is actually a pretty big feat, uh, which we'll get into further as we go into the other issues. But I want to talk about the art here. Uh, Ian, I, I think I, I want you to go first. What were you going to say? I think Frank quietly does a really good job with the usage of his panels. I think that he's really good with the space that he's given. And I I know that sounds like kind of a bland, basic statement, I guess. But he takes small spaces and he, like, at least in this book, because I have seen other art that he's done. And it's not as prevalent in some of the other art that he does. But those small squares that he uses to, like articulate exact like an attack scene or, or an action scene and get a long long battle scene across in a very small panel i think that's really smart man and it really kind of highlights the violence in a lot of ways that the story had and the power that the animals had which i don't know i think that was a smart plot device that he used to kind of help grant morrison i guess in, in, in a lot of ways, be able to articulate his characters properly. So, man, I, I think he did a really good job with this, and it was gory. This book was, that's one thing that really surprised me when I read this book the first time, was it was a little more gory than I than I thought it would be. You didn't tell me that they were going to be, like... Oh, yeah, people blown a bit. Dismantling people's bodies and shit like that. But it was cool. I mean, they, they did a good job with it. I... What do you think? Frank Quietly, I know you bow down to the shrine of his art, so what uh, do you think? 
I think that this book is probably one of the best testaments to why um, he is one of the greatest living artists, comic book artists he's um, alive right now. And the, the amount of um, energy and action he's able to put into a static image is just astounding to me. And there's, there are, there is um, panels and ways that he's framed some of the images in this book that are, um, I, I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but I want to say it's they're 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 completely out of the box. There's something that there's it's he's doing stuff that nobody else is doing, and uh, I think the the cards is probably the best example um, in this issue. Um, and I don't and I've recommended this before, and I I know that I've talked about this on this podcast, but there's a there's like a 15 minute maybe 20 minute um, YouTube video you can look up, and it's called "What Do Artists Do All Day." or all day long or all day. Um, and there's one for each, featuring Frank quietly and they happen to, no, 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 this was later on. He's working on Jupiter legacy, but they're talking about his process and where he go, you know, how he comes up with some of the stuff he does. And he shows, he pulls out this box of um, raisins, you know, like a, a, the small little purple boxes and he opens it up and he pushes out all these little cards. And on every card is one of those, uh, uh, like I think he had like over a hundred different little panels sketched out in those little squ- on little squares for that for that um, sequence, and he said I I knew what story I wanted to tell, and I I drew out everything I think and he like he just eliminated it till it was as simple as it could be, and to look at what happens in that story and the fact that there's no words except for there's like maybe four lines of dialogue, but nothing exposition you can understand what's going on through these tiny little post postage stamp images um, is, is not only inventive, it's just, it's phenomenal. It's, it's, I don't understand how somebody could think of something like that. um, And frankly, just do it so well. The execution is astounding to me. Um, But, you know, I wanted to talk uh, really quickly about um, the humans in this book. Did you notice, did you pick up on the fact that um, we don't really get to see the faces very much in this first one? Um, the military is kind of, is faceless, really. We only get um, the doctor, I forget her name. I, I have it right here. I should be able to, Dr. Trendle. Um, or no, no, no. I think it's uh, Roseanne, Roseanne Berry. And um, we only really get to see her face and the animal's face um, in close-up everything else a lot of it i know you do see some of the military people but um there was uh they're mostly in the background or kind of blurred so the question is what do i think of the humans yeah do, do, what do you think about that that is an aesthetic um, choice i i think it i think it fit really well i i don't really think that the plot of the book really focused too much on the humans you know it was more so kind of the dynamic between the animals and them kind of on the run and doing what they need to do. So I think that kind of fits well. And we didn't really, I I think if they had tried to highlight some of the human motivations and things like that, the book might've gotten a little too convoluted. And like you just mentioned, Frank quietly did a really good job giving us exactly what we needed in the space that was given. And I think that's kind of the whole point of this book. So to like add a whole nother element would have maybe bogged down the book and, made it worse i think i think it it works exactly the way that it needed to work yeah if that makes sense but i i do enjoy the way that they're drawn and the art style especially the main scientist that's kind of trying to cover up 
everything that's going on. I do kind of enjoy his aesthetic. It reminded me, I don't know why, but it reminds me kind of like the government in the Iron Giant. You know mm. how they're kind of trying to cover everything up and they're just being shady and reminds me of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that the whole, I think what I start to see looking back on this is that um, the book is very economic with uh, with its storytelling. It, it gets in, tells you the story, gets out, and really lets um, Frank quietly shine. But I think we should move it to issue two where, um, frankly, no pun intended, um, Frank quietly is just showing off at this point um so issue two unless unless you have any opposition moving on no i don't i just can just hear talon somewhere listening to this just his stomach must be hurting from laughter at how much you are just bowing at the shrine of frank quietly right now but it's pretty great i know i mean it's a great it's a great book i'm not i'm not denying it but i know I, you really enjoy his artwork yeah no i i i challenge anybody to come and say why how it's not i mean this is pretty much pretty next level and i've seen a lot of art and this is some of the most inventive um you don't see stuff like this and especially in this issue uh so we have the animals uh, are now on the move and the military is now deploying their rats that we saw in the first issue their modified rats um the dog and the cat are, are able to subdue them they get hit by a train uh, then they encounter the hunter, and three gets shot. So, Ian, why don't you go ahead and start on this one? Put this on the poll. If you had to pick one of the three animals to be your pet, which one would it be? Um, I like this issue a lot. I think that it continues the storyline of giving us exactly what we need in a short space. And I love how they utilize action in this book to progress the story and i think that's kind of a, a unique element because how connected do you think we can really be to a dog a cat and a rabbit but somehow some way we are and their story is intriguing and when they're encountering the rats you're kind of like oh shit oh shit what the heck's going on and it's enthralling and it makes you want to continue reading the story and i think that is a, is a testament to frank quietly's art it, it is really interesting how gory really some of that that fighting scene was and then kind of the cat scratching things up and even their like defensive style because didn't the cat like run out of bullets or something like that so the dog was trying to protect the cat and even though they were disagreeing they were still trying to protect each other as a team i just i really enjoy that a lot and i think this book in particular this issue did a really good job highlighting that and um but it's set up really good for the third and final issue but what do you think yeah i thought this was probably I mean, this is, you're looking at static images, and they're just so kinetic. Uh, you got the cat jumping through those um, what kind of seems like glass panes, uh, but they're like the panels turn on its side, so the cat's like in motion. And you've got that single panel where the dog, um, the the, uh, the Humvee's coming down the road, and they see the dog, and they're talking about what these animals' capabilities. Again, they're doing a really good job, or Grant Morrison's doing a really good job of working in like exposition work into just the narrative as like the story. And it just, it feels natural, you know, cause you've got these military guys, they don't know what they're up against because they didn't even know about this program until recently. And they're just told, shut them down. Well, they're like, well, okay, well that dog has ground air missiles and the cat like can kill you. So you better hope you need to neutralize the cat. And we see the dog 
as the Humvee's coming down the hill. And in one panel, the dog is shooting into the, the, the Humvee. You see the people getting cut up in more postage stamp, like sprawled out over this covering the panel. And then you see the dog jumping through it again. Like, I love that. Everything feels like it's actually moving. Um, even though it's an image obviously, but, um, I think that this was, sorry, good. No, I was going to say, I think there, there's a scene in the, in the book too, after the dog attacks them where he is, uh, trying, he sees somebody wounded and he pulls the guy out, right? The yeah, guy's body out. I was going to get to that. Yeah. And, uh, I just, to me that, that, that was like the best part of, I mean, he's a dog, you know, that's exactly what a dog would do. Dog would, would, would. I don't know that a dog in fear, if a dog were to bite you in fear, it necessarily understands that that's necessarily a bad thing. That's just kind of an instinctual thing that they do. So he's attacking out of fear. Maybe he doesn't realize that he sees somebody hurt, is in trouble. He saves him. And uh, I think that's, I don't know. This book had a lot of really good winks and nods to that type of thing. And I think it plays really well to the characters. And it, it makes you connect to the characters and, and I mean just you're like wow that's that's what my dog would do he would save me and that's kind of a cute little thing that they decide to add in the book and um, it's something that I really connected a lot with in this book and yeah I don't know it's it's something that I didn't expect that I would enjoy when I read it initially well and it's it's that thing is you know is it the is, is it the is, is the problem the weapon or the person behind the weapon and it's really yeah. these animals they don't and they mentioned the first issue they're amoral they don't even understand they have like no empathy because they don't understand it and you see this dog like trying to trying to do good and trying to be a dog and um kind of grappling with its own um morality and uh unfortunately when it pulls that person out uh it cuts back and you see it's it was half of a person so like they're getting there but the uh, and the dog doesn't fully understand yet it's just trying to be good and it's it's really just reacting to the dangers around it um as people are attacking it it's not proactively attacking people um so this ends this issue ends though with uh number one uh attacking a hunter after it is killed three or we think it's killed three um showing you one that these animals are more cyborgs than they are animals at this point uh because three is able to stay alive and still function it just loses some of its speech um but uh you know we also see that one is very conflicted about the fact that it clearly massacred uh the hunter its son and its dog but uh again setting up setting up issue three um they're now going to be sending out four which is a uh a gigantic Rottweiler, uh, if uh, if memory serves. So yeah, it's a giant well, Rottweiler. Uh, and uh, I guess let's move on to issue three, the final issue. So, Ian, this is uh, more of the same, but kind of wrapping up here. We've got our our final battle between uh, we three and four, um, and them finding uh, peace and resolution in a way, uh, in some regards. So. Uh, Ian, why don't you go ahead and start off what you think about this one? I think this issue is so really well done because it ties the story up in a way that's fast. And the action, you get enough action in the, bo- in the final issue 
you get storyline that makes sense, a resolution that makes sense, and in the end, you're kind of like, oh wow, that's a, that's a kind of a good ending, and I think that's surprising, and I think that by the time I got to the third issue, everything that I had read in the first two issues paid off in some way, yep. and most books don't do a very good job at that with three issues. That's a hard, hard thing to do, and... To me, that this is really this issue is the best issue of the series, and that's exactly why because everything pays off in some way, and I, I I don't think you can get much better than that. Especially the artwork, man. The artwork is notched up to ten in this issue. Once the Rottweiler and uh, Tinker and Bandit start kind of going at it together, it's 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 a pretty awesome scene, man. I really enjoy that a lot. I, and, uh, yeah, the size disparity the size disparity is what really gets me in it. It's I don't I don't know why I really enjoy that, but it's the same thing with Kingpin and uh, Miles Morales from Into the Spider Verse. You know he's gigantic, yep. and you've got this tiny Spider Man who has to fight him, and you've got this gargantuan Rottweiler um, fighting what what the dog seemed like it was pretty big, but man, uh, Bandit seems very small in comparison to the uh, number four, and. Uh, we get to see a, a great final battle where it, it reminded me a bit of Iron Man where they end up kind of crashing into the freeway and there's, you know, there's cars that are smashing into them and it's this whole thing, but I really loved and and looking back, they kind of showed it, but I couldn't really tell what was going on in the second issue. Um, that three, uh, when it's dying, uh, after four has, is chomping down on it. Uh, releases the bomb from its butt like a little rabbit poop and uh i thought that was pretty great did you catch that i didn't is that what ended up killing him yeah, oh no, no 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 so that just distracted him enough for um for bandit and tinker to get kind of a one-up on away. him well to get up gotcha. on him because and i it's it seems kind of dumb but uh, it's it that's kind of like a cheesy '90s movie thing where it's like we can't defeat him separately but together. But it actually kind of worked because it was like, well, it, they're like, why is he taking him on alone? He's like, well, these guys, this guy's designed to be like an all-in-one. These dudes are designed to work as a team. And then you see Tinker jump out and slash him, and it was um, it the military called him off because the dog was going to eat a police officer because it was like going crazy. And so they, they initiated... Uh, they put him down, right? Yeah, they had like a bomb in his yeah. head. Um, something that they... Like a fail-safe they obviously didn't think of during uh, the development of Wii 3. Yeah. But... You'd think, right? You kind of bet they wish they had. Uh, but yeah, I think what you said was really good, Ian, because this one ends with the homeless man. He finds them, uh, and he also had found them earlier. And uh, he ends up with them. The only thing I thought was probably a little lacking was the uh the storyline about how they would die and they you, you actually see it later later on is that you know they're kind of sickly and it's supposed to be that they're supposed to be getting like medicine or something to keep them like going but it's just like well um yeah never mind forget about that they're fine it's like because they were supposed to be dying unless they got like shots or something but at the end, they're just like, okay, they're cool. Well, maybe they are really dying, and that's just the end of the story. Yeah, maybe could that, be. Maybe that's just they just never close it off. I mean, it's only three issues. They got it. Maybe they just got to die. I love that image of the cat with all the uh, antennas and stuff sticking out of it after it's out of the uh, suit. 
when it's uh, before before the final one because when the final one they've oh got it like all the removed. natural look of the cat yeah the cat it's still yeah. got like all of its cybernetic stuff but it's not in the suit and it's got like weird antennas and stuff off of it and then later on um, they have everything out of them and and the only and Doctor Trendle realizes it's them based off of you know kind of the shaving and all that stuff but I thought that was really great too he's walking in obviously to like some kind of senate hearing about what happened and here are the animals that they were worried about and he's just like okay you guys are happy oh what'd you think about it was um, a full it was a great way to end the story full circle i felt like and i didn't expect it honestly that was like okay they're safe and that's gonna be it and then all of a sudden walking up the steps here comes that guy and yeah it was a, it was a good ending to the story well done yeah i o- overall just it's it's such a short sweet story very well drawn um and it's it's very inventive and that's one of the reasons why i like frank quietly was just the the way that he can put action on a panel um and show so much with so little i just i've always this is kind of this probably is the book that i fell in love with his art on and uh continues to this day my love affair but um what was i gonna mention here oh you know what i realized watching this or reading this this is uh, an R-rated version of Homeward Bound. That's funny. I was just thinking about Homeward Bound as I was reading this book, rereading it. Yeah, it's just an R-rated uh, version I've of Homeward seen, Bound. I haven't watched that movie in a long time. What'd you say? Uh, well, there's definitely not as much violence as this. I mean, well, I don't know. I, I've heard some rumors about the yeah. way that movie was filmed. So. Oh yeah, well yeah, how it was filmed behind the scenes maybe. Um, I was gonna say before we uh, wrap up here and move on, uh, James Gunn has expressed interest in directing this movie that would be pretty cool actually that would be a really cool movie yeah i would you know see i don't i'm not sure that this would be a good movie like a a main movie you know like a a blockbuster movie or something that would be released but like um dc has their dc channel like this is a vertigo so it's owned by dc um this would be cool for like their streaming service just like a kind of made for TV movie, but you know, obviously it would be like of a higher quality. It's not a bad idea. Kind of like a Netflix type movie or yeah, something. Yeah. 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 That would be pretty sweet. I think that's a good idea actually. Cause I don't know how many people would be interested in actually going to the movie theater to see this. Movie. I would be like, and that's oh, the thing. Okay. It's, it's such a, it would be like the turnout for ghost in a shell. You know, people aren't really, the public isn't really well known. Well, it's even, even public doesn't know about that character. How are they going to know about we three? So, yeah, and it's even more obscure, I would say, than that. Um, yeah, than exactly. That. So it would be really hard to get. But I, I, you know, a, a limited thing, or even like an animated thing. I would watch an animated movie of this. I think it'd be easier, a lot easier to do animated for sure. I mean, think about all the like, yeah, CGI it would take to make the animals fight and be in the suits and shit. It would be a lot. I mean, yeah, it's like why does it have to be in person? But again, it's like even as a comic book, if it never nothing ever happens then that's fine too i don't i i'm okay with that um but yeah that's it so that is we three uh be sure to check that out there are trades hardbacks i mean this has been out for a long time so you can pretty much uh check it out wherever you want to go to comics the gathering in tacoma washington i'm sure they'll uh, have it for you so make sure you check it out there you go um hey ian uh let's move on uh do you have anything that you've been into lately I know I didn't necessarily prepare you for that, but uh, no, I've just been into uh, been playing Spider Man on PS4. 
pretty much just continuing on that journey. Did you get to the and, DLCs uh, yet? Haven't gotten to the DLCs yet. Okay. I, yeah, I'm just holding out on that. But uh, yeah, I've just been pretty much playing that. What about you? You know, I actually, before I say anything, uh, I, my friend is, well, I, actually, I told you, we, we just need to buy our games and share them with each other through the PlayStation Network. Because <sighs> I, I want to I wanna play Red Dead Redemption. I think I'm going to buy it here in the next week or so. So I'll be looking forward to that. And I can share that with you online. You can play it. Oh, that's a good game. Play yeah. it together. I don't, I don't know how long it would take me to download that game. Uh, it would take yeah. forever, but... um yeah i've actually been into a movie i've been meaning to watch for a long time uh and that is a movie called attack the block have you heard of that movie ian i haven't no uh so attack the block is a movie set in the slums of london i think i may be butchering that but uh it stars uh john boyega and this is just before he got his start um in uh, Star Wars. So it's about these kind of um, hoodlums in London and it's like a New Year's or something like that. Or, and um, all of a sudden throughout this uh, party that's going on, these aliens start landing uh, crash landing in their neighborhood and they essentially get holed up in an apartment complex where they all live kind of like a project and uh, have to defend and fight these aliens, which are pretty vicious. So it's a, it's a really good movie. I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, I'm kind of pissed that it took so long for me to see it. It's actually the first movie where I got done with it. And I'm like, I kind of want to watch it again. That doesn't happen very often. So uh, check that out. But uh, Ian, unless you have any opposition, let's move on to uh, plugs. No, let's do it, Matt. Okay, well, Ian, where can people find you online? You can follow me at Ian Sasquatch on Twitter and Bigfoot's Uncle Ian on the PlayStation Network. Matt, where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me at Armchair Matt on Twitter. And Ian, where can people follow the show? You can follow the show and vote on the polls at Earth919Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find us on Facebook.com slash Earth919Pod. You can listen to the show on any platform you find your podcasts. And any reviews for our show are greatly appreciated and they genuinely help us grow. So thank you for them. And that's all I got, Matt. Uh, Ian, should we put up a poll um, when this episode goes up? Uh, yay or nay? We three? We three, yay or nay? Yeah, I think so. We are three. S- yay? Nay. Simpler enough, right? Um, and just so you know, you guys, we're going to space out these episodes here for the next couple weeks. So we might be skipping a week, but just stay tuned to the Twitter to find out when or when that will not be happening. So. Yeah, just uh, yeah, check us out on social media. And uh, you'll definitely be updated. Yep. Aside from all of Ian's uh, nudes that he keeps trying to post on Twitter and they keep forcing him to take it down. I told him don't use the Earth 919 Twitter for that stuff and he just keeps doing it. I can't get him to stop. They won't let me back on Twitter anymore. (laughs) Anyways, thanks for listening and have a great week and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Have a good week. 